0: Live from the Hill, our very own Jamie Dupree with the latest news from D.C. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree, with a preview of the State of the Union. And, hey, before we get to that, there was a coup in Yemen today. It may force a State of the Union rewrite, as a matter of fact. Senator Dianne Feinstein is saying we've got to evacuate the U.S. Embassy in Yemen right now, as uh, it has now been overrun by Shiite radicals that have toppled the country's president. By the way, this is the same Yemen, Jamie, that four months ago the president pointed to when he said, oh, you know, this strategy of ours, taking out terrorists who threaten us it's successfully, we've pursued that in Yemen and Somalia.
1: Well, the thing you so think I, about right away is not only State Department personnel, but intelligence personnel that are there as well. So haven't really heard much in the halls other than, you know, sort of similar things that we've got to safeguard our people there. But I would assume this is one of those yeah. stories that's getting a lot more attention behind closed doors than it is out in the open right now. I do know, and it has been
0: reported, that two U.S. Navy warships have now moved into position in the Red Sea. Uh, late yesterday to be ready to evacuate Americans from the embassy yep. if needed it sounds like we better get these guys out of there or else they're going to be blaming another YouTube video well again there's a lot more than just State Department personnel there yeah oh absolutely it's this this has the potential to be Benghazi and maybe worse God forbid um all right so we got some insight as to what's going to go on at the state of the union tonight one congresswoman's gonna hold up hold up a yellow pencil the president has invited uh an illegal immigrant to be there ana Zamora what else do you know
1: I uh, was just downstairs talking with members of both parties, uh, senators coming off the floor after they finally held some of the First Amendment votes on the Keystone Pipeline. And, you know, I think the the thing that the feeling you get from Republican lawmakers, first off, is they are completely unimpressed with the new tax and spending plans that have sort of come out of the White House over the last week, uh, last couple of weeks, and especially the tax plan that was floated out by the White House uh, over the weekend. Uh, the, you know, the idea of uh, fiddling with the estate taxes, with inheritance taxes, uh, the idea of uh, raising uh, capital gains and dividend taxes. And I, I didn't sense any Republicans, you know, that pretty much their answer across the board was, yeah, that's not exactly the way that we would figure out a way to, to spur new economic growth and to help the lower and middle class. So I, I think more than anything... What we're going to hear tonight is a message by the president that may land with a big thud in a rather skeptical Congress up here, uh, as Republicans obviously look at uh, doing things a bit differently. But as we discussed yesterday, when you turn around and talk to Democrats, they're all for the President coming out tonight, laying down his markers on the agenda and what he wants to do, rather than just being reactive on, on that side. We, In fact, Sean, we had two more vetoes issued, by, veto threats issued by the White House today. One on a pipeline permitting bill dealing with natural gas pipelines, and the other on an abortion-related bill that'll actually be voted on later this week that would ban most abortions after 20 weeks of, presid- uh, of pregnancy. That'll be voted on, I think, uh, a Thursday in the House. So we're up to seven veto threats already, and, heck, it wouldn't surprise me for the president to make a few more verbally tonight in his speech.
0: I have no doubt about it, um, and I expect the president's going to paint a rosy picture about the State of the Union, but here are some numbers that um, I doubt he'll bring up tonight, uh, that the national debt is now at $18.1 trillion. He said $9 trillion was uh, unpatriotic and irresponsible. That household debt, since he's become president for full-time private sector workers... Well, that's $84,266 that they have now accumulated since he's been president. Median annual household income has declined nearly $3,000 since he's been president. In other words, from 2009. Food stamp participation is up about almost 20 million more recipients every month and the same number of Americans in poverty. Um, I think by any objective measure, now as he enters his seventh year, you could say that that is not going to be at the top of his list tonight.
1: Well, look, I think it's going to be a reminder that the two parties um, uh, certainly—how can I charitably say this?—certainly have different ideas and uh, different focus as to what they would like to achieve, and I don't think that uh, that's going to change tonight. You know, I think a number of Republicans had hoped in the wake of the November elections that there would be more uh, conciliatory behavior by the president and offering olive branches— but I think Republicans are starting to realize they're going to get a string of veto threats. They're going to get proposals from the president that they're probably not interested in. Uh, yes, this president is trying to set the agenda. But remember, he can only go so far. He can roll out these new plans. But it certainly doesn't mean that in the weeks ahead after tonight's speech that uh, that Republicans have to in any way move forward with them. The president, when he gives his budget up here to the Congress in a little less than two weeks, it's the same uh, the same deal with that, really. He can send that budget up, but it certainly doesn't uh, mean that the Republicans have to deal with it in any manner. I'll be interested tonight, you know, because a lot of these things, the one thing that I always find a great disconnect as a reporter uh, between the State of the Union address and what exactly is being proposed is you get a lot of the, uh, uh, the sort of the basic headlines and talk about well, he's going to do X or Y, but there's no real supporting data behind, it. okay, how are you going to pay for it, or where does the money come from? And even sometimes in the Obama budgets in recent years, there hasn't been a, a full explanation. So, yeah, you'll get a lot of talk about what he wants to do tonight, but we'll see in a couple of weeks whether or not he has the plans to actually fund some of that, uh, including this uh, $320 billion tax plan.
0: Well, I think the, the American people, as measured by Nielsen ratings, have, have been tuning him out year after year. I mean, you know, since 2012, the combined number of viewers has not topped 40 million despite a growing array of channels now that, that host the speech in both English sure. and Spanish. Still the biggest and, speech, uh, though. Yeah, 30, well, last... Got to sound a gridlock alert here at 413. Doug Turnbull, WSB, because the WSB Jam Camp shows some trouble on the DeKalb County Outer Loop. The latest to the traffic center, Chris Schiavone.
1: This crash on the Outer Loop 25 East Northbound just after Flat Shoals before I-20. Only the right shoulder is open trying to get by this accident. Delays are already trying to stack up before... Or at Boulder Crest, Doug Turbo.
0: Hey, yeah, that bouldercrest the last chance to get off the freeway before and before the backups there, but it's going to back up to Bouldercrest Crest soon again. 285 eastbound, it'll be a right lane open between Flat Shoals and I-20 on the DeKalb County Auto Loop because of a jackknife tractor trailer. You know how quick it stacks up there. Start thinking about your alternates, Moreland Avenue, up to I-20, or taking some of the service streets to South DeKalb to work over, like, uh, say, Snapfinger, Brownsville, over to Flat- West- Wesley Chapel to get up to I-20. We'll have another tra- traffic update in minutes here on WSB.
1: Along with whatever plan the republicans are suggesting that's
0: that's that's fine but nobody ever thought they would go along with the republicans i mean that's fairly predictable but uh i would also add this that nobody's going to go along with a seven percent increase in discretionary spending nobody's going to go along with a 320 billion dollar tax increase uh i don't care how many uh, any of those even get votes you're absolutely right and i and i think even the issue of taxing the rich i think it's just old tired rhetoric that he used to get into office he's trying to nostalgically bring back the good old days where people had thrills up their legs and, and were fainting in front of them. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go over well to bring in somebody that's in the country illegally into the chamber. I'm well, sure I am sure has been done
1: before. I think didn't. You know, did did he or the First Lady have a guest like that last year? Maybe. I don't remember. I, you know, I, it was so unremarkable. I really don't remember. Um, uh, I think that offering free tuition isn't going to go anywhere. And I just think that every one of his proposals, including his budget, are dead on arrival. Yeah, I would, I would think that that's pretty much where we are, which then leaves, you know, the president can dominate January with his ability to go out on the road and make these proposals, but then who dominates February, March, and April? That's where the vacuum sort of gets in there. There's only so many days you can go on the road and campaign for what you want to do in your speech. But after that, the Republicans have the chance to fill that vacuum with their own plans, their own budget, and their own ideas to move forward on. Uh, For example, down on the Senate floor, we had the first few votes on the Keystone XL oil pipeline on amendments there. The Senate, uh, just a little while ago, voted down an effort to block exports of any of that new Canadian oil that comes into the U.S. and also voted down a plan from Democrats that would require the pipeline be built with American iron and steel, as Republicans held pretty fast against that. So they're trying to push that bill through, get it done fast, and get it down to the president's desk force a veto fight, and force, in a sense, more of a, a attention on what they want to do rather than what the president wants.
0: Well, I think that's important because I think this is really a political speech that the president's giving tonight. Sure it is. And I think that the Republicans will respond, even if they're going to pass bill after bill after bill that they put on the president's desk. That will differentiate themselves from the president's agenda for the country and his party's agenda. So, you know, in the end, I think this becomes all about
1: 2016. You know, I, I think uh, the first one of these that I covered was 1987. Uh, Reagan was still in office at the time, and it's a, it's a really interesting scene just off the House floor if you've ever been to the Capitol. The old House chamber which is called Statuary Hall is where they set up sort of the media center in a sense. All the TV cameras ringing the room by the statues. Members flood in from off the House floor after the speech is over to do interviews and more. What's always interesting Sean is to see who comes out first. Usually there's a couple of people that leave about 20 minutes before the speech is over. You know, sort of like leaving a ball game in the 8th or something like that in order to beat the traffic and beat the crowd. There's always a few people who leave early. A lot of people come in, you know, get their uh, one minute or 90 seconds with their local TV station, uh, something like that in there, and then go on back to the office to make their phone calls back home. It's a big deal for both sides, and it is a lot of theater. Nothing has changed along that lines in the many years that I've watched this speech. It isn't so much anymore a night to roll out new plans. I mean, obviously this administration has done something much different this year, and so it becomes more of a, a PR effort and an effort to rally the the troops more than anything else
0: look i was there for the first time at a state of the union address last year and i was actually invited back by i think it was congressman matt salmon this year it was kind enough to invite me and i went with louis Gomert last year it's something that if you ever get a chance to see it it's it's certainly worthwhile but it is kind of funny as you you know look around the chamber i mean you've got guys standing in the halls they're having their own private conversations uh everybody's got a c- copy of the speech in front of them there are certain locations where they know they can be that are outside the the uh, outside of camera range, and yep. you can tell specifically what those areas are. You know, so it's it's a little bit of theater that's going on there. Um, anyway, so we have two more veto threats issued by the president. The Republicans are unimpressed with the new tax and spending plans. There's going to be a lot of class warfare tonight, none of which the president proposes. Did you know he had the worst record of any president since Gerald Ford,
1: and even worse than his, of getting State of the Union proposals enacted? Well, just from talking to Republicans in the last hour downstairs, uh, I mean, I don't sense... You know, I, I, sometimes I look to see, is one party sort of getting wobbly knees or anything? I don't sense any Republicans were all, at all worried about the president's flurry of new proposals that he's been rolling out. Uh, you know, they look at this tax plan that came out over the weekend as almost shrug their shoulders and look at you and say, are you kidding? That's that's not what the GOP is going to approve. So you'll have the president go on record with it, and again, in his budget with a number of plans. I'll give you one example. In his in his budget and in his tax plan, he's brought up this issue of putting the fee on big financial institutions a number of years years He'll probably have in his budget again a plan to take away the tax breaks from the oil and gas industry and he might talk about mention that again tonight but the Congress doesn't even vote on that doesn't even so over and over I, you can find examples where this president and probably others as well but this one specifically has made proposals in his state of the union in his budget and they haven't gone anywhere in the Congress and I would think that's going to be true of a number of these tonight.
0: You know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I think this is the one thing the president really likes, and and that includes going on the road in the days after a State of the Union address. I think the president likes the praise, the accolades that he gets. He likes crowds. He likes positive reinforcement. I don't think he likes the work of actually being a president.
1: Well, I've remember, he wasn't indi- here in the Senate for very long, and there's a number of people here who believe that that lack of experience in legislating here in the Congress makes him a different person in the White House than maybe some would find with somebody who had been here a much longer time, like the vice president. Yeah, but, you know, even the, even the Democrats
0: say that he doesn't reach out to them. He doesn't really have a circle of friends that, that he goes to or a go-to circle of friends.
1: Yep. Uh, We've certainly heard that from a a number of people over the years. Tomorrow, I think he's going to Idaho, Sean. He has four states he has not been to as uh, as president. Idaho is one of them. He still hasn't uh, done a presidential visit to Utah, South Dakota, and I think South Carolina is the fourth. How do you know these things? Where do you read these things? Uh, Those are little cheat sheets uh, that I've got. I had it at 11, and I've checked them off as we get down. Seven have gone away. It's up on the the wall here. I do have a Democratic friend
0: that sent me some of the talking points that they're going to go to. Like yeah. For example, this one talking point. Um, in your appearances today, it'd be great if you note that the POTUS, is comment about going on offense, that's about helping the middle class, while all House and Senate have done, is take uh, another meaningless vote on the uh, ACA, voted to deport Dreamers, and talk, but not actually vote on Keystone. That was sent out by Jennifer Palmieri.
1: Look, I, I think that the White House has been very aggressive this year, and I think Democrats yeah. like this strategy of getting out their message and using the president's speech that way tonight. Don't you love that I have spies within Democratic ranks that send As me you own talking
0: points? As I should. Absolutely. All right, Jamie Dupree in Washington. See you, Sean. Hey, go to meeting, you gotta get this. You know what? The people we work with, clients, vendors, coworkers, they're not always in the same city or even the same country. You need to be able to meet, collaborate with them, get things done. But you know what? Travel's expensive, it's time consuming. Communicating via phone, email, not efficient. Now, that's why millions of professionals in business, large and small, they rely on Citrix and GoToMeeting, and you should, too. It's the best way to meet, from the convenience of your computer, your smartphone, your tablet, your iPhone, your iPad. And with GoToMeeting, you can hold as many meetings as you want with anyone from anywhere in one virtual space. You share screens and present in real time. You turn on your webcam. You see each other with perfect, high-definition video conferencing. And GoToMeeting allows you to engage and connect as if you're all in the same room. We use it on this program all the time, and it is a lifesaver, and I mean that. As a matter of fact, GoToMeeting is so convinced that it's going to change your life for the better. They want you to try it free for 30 days, no obligation. Now go to their website, one word, GoToMeeting.com, G-O-T-O-Meeting.com. Click on the Try It Free button. That's GoToMeeting.com, your free 30-day trial offer. It will change your life. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Senator Marco Rubio is coming up. We'll get his take on the real state of the union, all the phony numbers that government uses, the president's plans for new taxes, uh, class warfare rhetoric that's predictable, and free tuition for all. That's all coming up straight ahead. stories of the day with solutions to help move america forward this is the sean hannity show